A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then I let it go again. Welcome to this episode of the Flats and Shanks podcast. How are you all? Well, they can't answer, can they? Well, no, it's a bit of a rhetorical question. Do, a bit, do it like Radio 1. Hope you're well. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Hope you're well. Hey, before we start, I struggle. I don't want to offend anyone here. I struggle badly listening to Radio 1. Um, I'm, I just find there's so much of the chat is just so inane. It's like, what is like... What is like the scariest thing that's ever happened to you that ended up not being scary? It's like, what? Do you ever think your house is haunted? When I was a kid, I thought a house was haunted. Ring in if you ever thought a house was haunted. It's like, it's like, seriously, are you serious? Like these people, I'm 39. I'm not 59. I'm like, and for the last 10 years of my life, this has been too inane for me to listen to. So I don't listen to a huge amount of radio because podcasts, audio books, that sort of stuff, music, phone calls take over. But when I do listen to the radio, it's like people like Jonathan Overend, Mark Pugach, genius, and then Mark Pugach has been let go from Five, five Live. I know it's it's ridiculous. It's I saw ridiculous. the I saw the post he did on social media, and he was wearing blue slippers. I'm, they're I'm not slippers. Not, they're loafers. <laughs> they look like slippers. Yeah, but you know he's, he cuts his own path, doesn't he? You look like you look like he'd got them from Next. Um, something that Mark Durden Smith would wear. Probably does wear. I'm sure he does. Yeah, but yeah, no, Pugach, great presenter. Shame that Five Live are losing him. What is the scariest thing you've never you've done that actually wasn't scary? Oh, this is a such mad banter on a Monday. <laughs> oh, wicked weekends, everyone. Wicked weekends. Oh, tell you what, I'm absolutely knacker, but I wouldn't change it for the world. It's just like, oh, what's the scariest thing I ever did that wasn't scary? Bungee jump. There you go. Have you done a bungee jump? I've got yeah, I've got I've got horrific vertigo. I did the. I'm not sure what it's called, the reverse bungee jump, and that was in Tenerife when we went... Fires you up in the air? When we went back in, whatever it was, 99, 2000. So you had a fight with Matt Lee? <laughs> so you had a fight with Leakey? <laughs> Destroyed him. Um, yeah, that one where you get pulled in a cage down and then you're released. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, have you seen that clip going around on social where the there's a man and a woman on a ride about to set off and they're in their cage, basically, similar thing, or roller coaster, whatever it is. 
And the guy's like, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to get off, I want to get off, I want to get off, I want to get off, get me off, get me off. And she's like, shut up, man, shut up. I want to get off. And the, the bloke walks over, the guy runs the ride, and he doesn't big time, walks over and goes, hang on a minute, mate, you're way too loose, your, your buckle's way too loose, you're, you're sliding around, he comes straight out of there, mate. He goes on his radio and says, guys, we've got a really loose seat here, really loose seat, don't let him go. <laughs> Boom, fires him off, and this guy's absolutely, his head goes. My favourite are the roller coasters or the bungee jumps where man or woman actually pass out. <laughs> you, see, you see them passing out their head's gone it's droopy and then they wake up again and they're gone again um, I hope they're alright I'm sure they are But well we don't know do we um, there's, there's anyway yeah the, the Mark Poog we're biased because um, Mark Poog actually is a kind of mate of ours by now but it's like I just think it's like do, do are people tuning in to Five Live for bands they're not they're tuning in to make themselves feel clever, find out what's going on and hear really good stuff on sport. Really Listen good to sport a slick sporting. presenter. But he's not just, he's just brilliant. He's just so good. It's like, what are you doing? What are these people doing? I and listen to talk sport. That's probably the only thing I listen to now. And a bit of history oh, when, history, I'm, when yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. in the mood. But every morning it'd be talk sport, Alan Brazil show, mostly. Mm. Um, Jamie O'Hara was on today. I quite like Ray Parlett when he comes on. Ali McCoy is obviously... Romford Pele. Great on there as well but they, they have good presenters on there with Alan Brazil I think Brazil is amazing in what he does charismatic keeps it going funny probably needs to lose a little bit of he weight he also called Robin Williams selfish when he killed himself which always makes me did think, he which always makes you think he's All right, mate. probably pr- perhaps not quite so rounded excuse the pun as some might think I always find that a bit objectionable actually oh, you've, just we'll turned, you've turned this conversation we all make mistakes deep haven't you well, yeah, we all make mistakes, Just don't we? Can't forgive people, can you? Well, at some point, no, I forgive. At some point, we'll, um, you know, we'll all say something we wish we hadn't. What have you made of? Like I, I said something on Twitter the oh, other day about about uh, Ellis Genge got involved in it. We had a did an interview on the House of Rugby, didn't we? It was really good. Um, and Belly Duncan Bell basically like retweeted it and said this. You know, and the point he was making was what the rugby clubs do for you after you retire and. They don't do, we don't swear on our pub, but they don't do F all. No one speaks to you anymore and stuff. And Belly retweeted it and said this, you know, and I said, well, my point was, what do you expect your rugby club to do for you once you've retired? Um, but Belly's point, his point was, he was just, the reason he liked it was it's a current player actually just saying what he thinks about stuff, which I agree is great. Love that. Mm. But Ellis Genge, and it wasn't his point about the rugby club thing. Um, but I pretended I hadn't seen that and still just tried to criticise Belly because that's what you do, isn't it, on Twitter? Yeah, you're really good, actually. You're forming a nice niche for yourself and upsetting a lot of people. Um, did you did you manage to get a free Centre Parks holiday? I don't want to go not to Centre Parks. Not yet, not yet, not uh, yet. Actually, do you want the truth? No, I'm going to... Do you want the answer I'm, or not? I haven't finished talking yet. You asked me a question, uh, though. No, it was rhetorical. Um, but <laughs> the thing with... Um, like this, how big are rugby squads? 40... Five, Massive, yeah. absolutely huge, and there'd be a lot of players there that play for their club for a long time. Like, there's just not enough jobs to go around. Like, What's what are they meant to create jobs? They meant to, it's a business as well, so you know, you can't just give 10 players who have been at a club for 15 years 50 grand a year for the next 10 years. It just doesn't work like that. Certain jobs come available, and players um, might not be suited to certain roles. You know, some are suited to hosting, and you a lot of players, ex players do that on game days, some go into coaching. So it's very difficult. Um I understand what players are saying, you know, put their body on a line for ten, fifteen years for the club and then all of a sudden they finish and there's nothing available in the big wide world and a lot of them think that clubs and rugby clubs should do things for them, which 
maybe so for certain players, maybe, but it's a business at the end of the day. Yeah. Rugby clubs are a business. It's you're not owed anything by a rugby club. You know, you've played for a long time for them. You've taken what is probably a decent wage for your time there. Um it's a two way process as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um go on anyway, Santa Parks. Uh yeah, I genuinely wanted to know if it was good. I've got a t- I've got tons of people saying it's brilliant, a few people saying don't it's a rip off. Um then um I can't I'm not gonna name names because I asked permission if I could, permission to do so, and he said no. Oh. Uh but someone, uh, an eminent English rugby player, um sent me a load of messages on WhatsApp and said, Don't go, mate. It don't go. What? You're paying tons and tons of money. And actually if you just Airbnb a place in the Welsh Hill, which I've actually done, if you Airbnb a place in the middle of nowhere in Wales, use some imagination, take some charcoal with you and have a bit of fun and take a dog and a lead. You can do all the stuff, you go swimming pools and stuff and your kids will like it, but you will hemorrhage cash. The facilities are not brilliant. When I went, it was filthy. And he's like, we actually left early because the whole place was just filthy, not properly cleaned. The food was crap. And I was like, maybe that's completely wrong. But um, to your end, to the point, have I got a free one yet? I'm sure if I went hard enough and tweeted enough people, <coughs> I could. And to that, and then someone did send a message actually saying, "Would you like us?" And I said, "No, thank you. If I go, I will pay for myself." But I'm actually not going to go. <laughs> well, you got the desired effect at the end. Didn't no, you? it wasn't. It wasn't Centre Parks. It was another place. Another okay. place. Bluestone. No, we reckon we're better than Centre. No, everyone said go to Bluestone. Everyone said oh, these people said, "Oh, we're better than Centre Parks. We do this. Do you want to bring your kids for a week?" And I said, "Actually, no, nah, didn't do it for that." One thing. Anyway, I've, I, I've Airbnb somewhere in the Welsh valleys, boy. Okay, in the um, Welsh forest. Bring some weapons. I'd rather go to Centre Parks. Uh, I've been a few times to Longleat. Uh, it's got, you've got the you've got the zoo next door as well. Loads of activities for the kids, so you can spend the day there. Um, I thought the accommodation was really nice. You can get lodges by lakes, so you've got. A nice view. There's barbecues there. You've got a log burner. They've got a shop. Now, some of the things which are quite good um, are bring your own food because you've got your kitchen. So you can cook your own food. So you don't have to spend a lot of money if you don't want. Um, they do have some nice restaurants on site as well. The swimming pool is fantastic with the slides. Um, the wave machine, the lot. There's loads of activities. Treetop walks. You can do canoeing, water sports. Um, there's tennis badminton, all things like this. And I think the older your kids get, I mean, we got kids at, what, 10 and 7, 10 and 8? Yeah. I think that is great time yeah. for them to go. Um, so I, I've had really good experiences there. Um, I'd probably rather go to Centre Parks than um, a remote house in the middle Well, no, of I'm going to go to uh, Zip World, actually. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I've heard. Well, but, you didn't say that. You well, no, I'm saying it now. Yeah. But there's a weight limit, so they've got the fastest... Um, Zip wire in the world, 100 mile an hour zip wire. Scott Cornell's been on it, so you might be all right. Well, there's a weight limit of 16 stone, or 17 stone. Yeah. But I, this is my theory. So I've said this to a few people the other night, and everyone laughed. I think most people, most civvies, think that 17 stone is huge. I think when I turn up, they, they will think, wow, I bet he's close to seven. They won't know. Th- people think 20 stone is a giant. Yeah. And it's not, because I'm over 20 stone and I'm not a giant. Like there are much bigger people than me walking around, but I think I'll turn up, and they won't know I'm over the weight limit. Wear baggy clothes as well might help. Yeah, um, which I'm sure you'd be all right with. Well, I've got some, um, I've got some Fubu stuff I'm borrowing from Die Young. So. <laughs> Someone has put Die oh, Young's head on uh, on a body 
I'm pretty sure it's not him. Who who could it, it be? It could be him though. Yeah, I, I think it's Eddie Hall. And there's no, been a photo going around. No, because Eddie Hall's in Nick, mate. That's, that's yeah, and I suppose Eddie Hall's got loads of tattoos on him as well. But it's a brilliant photo. Um, I'm a bit scared to put it actually on no chance. social media. One of the one of the former rugby players at the Blues, who's now coaching Cardiff RFC, um, Thomas Reese Thomas, sent it to me. I've been I've been on the field when Dar Young has punched someone, <laughs> and I don't want I don't want that to ever happen to my face. No, just I don't want him to ever go there. So I want to, you know. I wouldn't do that. I tell you, it's been a great week for Mike Tyndall. Do you know why? Because um, Megan and Harry have now, well, are going to relinquish their well. He's one, he's one close to the throne. Senior royal duties, which yeah. means Mike and Zara are going to be like the unofficial prince and princess. Yeah, I reckon so. We're going to see far more of them. Um, it's a bit like, yeah, it's. They're getting bumped up a level, aren't they? They're going from economy to business. Um, not that they were ever economy, but... Economy. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last time Tins was economy was when like, he was still at Quegg's Grammar School in Wakefield, mate. It's the last time he went anywhere standard class, the Lord. So Zara, Zara, got, Zara got told off for driving too fast in her car recently. And it's funny because someone said, my mate sent me the link and said, we'd done a speeding or whatever. And it's like... Read the comments. Read the comments. Some and the comments, like you, just, you should never read comments in newspapers. Even like the Times, which some people think is posh because you got to pay for it. Like there was an article I read in the Sunday Times magazine yesterday about um, these people in Central London who are. It's a long. It's a long. It's a long story. But they're basically putting their kid into these exams, trying to get their kids into private schools because the state schools they believe around them aren't very good. But they haven't quite got enough money to pay for it. They're just really trying, you know. And then, right, fine, whichever way you stand on that argument. One of the comments afterwards was, so you're putting your kid into five exams, and if he doesn't get in, he will never recover from this guy. This is child abuse. Like, this is child abuse. I read that, and I was like, who are these people? The comments on Zara speeding in her car. It's like, oh, my God, I hope you people have never broken a speed limit in your lives. You absolute nauses. Like, and, frankly, you know, I was cruising along yesterday because we were we were together yesterday, weren't we, Saturday and, I was cruising home yesterday, and I've got the heads-up display on my very nice car. Um, and I'm driving along, and I realise I'm doing 65 in a 50 on a completely empty wide road, countryside, A road. And I thought, oh, I'll pull that back a bit. Then you think, if I hadn't just pulled it back a bit, I'd have been done for speeding. That would have been a load of points. It was completely safe as I was driving. But you do just slip up, and it's like, these people must never have done that in their lives. They must never have done it. The comments are the best things to read sometimes. Oh, I love awful. reading them on some of your tweets, especially the controversial ones. Who's on your tweets? Yours. Do I don't do controversial tweets. I think. You do a few, mate. Now and again, <laughs> you slip up. There was one, actually. Um, there was an MP. I can't remember her name, but she's come out as being pansexual. Um, so this is where she she doesn't identify with the, the sex of her partner, male, female, nothing whatsoever. It's just the inside that she likes and is attracted to the inside of a person it could be any which for any you is form, double bacon any, cheeseburgers any, and milkshakes any form of human um and then i love the comments down so someone's just put what so you're in love <laughs> <laughs> that's what love is uh, but it's, it's brilliant and some of the comments um i enjoyed on your on your center parks one um I, who knew there were ones in holland Didn't apparently they're the best yeah and the cheaper yeah but then if I'm going to go abroad, I might as well just go to like a holiday village. 
but there's someone said stop being such a tight ass. Do it for the kids. It's like not being a tight ass. It's like for that money, it's good, though, mate. I go I really to Barbados, mate. I really enjoy. The kids it. will also enjoy that. The Holland one is interesting, but I've been, I've been, I've been to Holland quite a few times, and Holland is basically. As far as I can work out from all the places I've been, and I will never, if I have a choice, live anywhere long term but England because I, I love it, or Britain, I love it. But I would go across the Welsh border. But I do love it. But it, in terms of the place being geared up for people to actually live um, healthy, fun sort of lives, active lives, Holland, apart you know, considering it doesn't have the climate of California, yeah. Holland is like it was designed with families in mind. Apart from Amsterdam. Amsterdam, apart from the, the red light district, is That's naughty. Amsterdam is the most amazing place. It's the coolest place. My ideal holiday is going to be when the kids are a little bit older, or the youngest, um, is going to go, I want to go to America and I want to drive around the coast and I want to get a big Winnebago, like meet the Fockers, that, right. that style with plasma TVs. I've got an offer for you. And then, I haven't finished yet. Right. And then I'm going to pull up into all these, you get some really nice caravan parks, which have got unbelievable facilities. Uh, swimming, barbecues, bikes, all of that. But it has to be like the creme de la creme of Winnebago's. I want to be able to watch Netflix on there. I want a double bed. I want a hot shower. Do you do you think I haven't researched this? You did. You did. When you're going through a bit of a crisis, we were going to go on motorbikes for your 40th. Well, I still want to do that, but it's been put back to 50th now. Okay. Because no one's got their license. But Danny brother Ben Grucock is yeah. a car nerd but he has also done that trip and I was like right these, this is the vehicle I want he's like yeah you want this this and this he works over there loads and also he knows this little place off a motorway in California on the way up Can't you can't miss the turning but it's a secret little place and you go in and, that, and they sell Toomey luggage you know Toomey the really expensive luggage T-U-M-I no. it's really nice luggage and they sell it and it's like a fifth of the price of the UK and it's all the new stuff is it so we, we can get some luggage my point is do you want to do it together Anyway, anyway. Uh, no, yeah, we're, well, we're going to need two Winnebago's then, aren't we? Yeah. I got, I've, I've looked into it. And I'm a family is, of five. I want a Winnebago. You're a family of five. Four. four. Well, you're more than one. <laughs> yeah, true. You have triple bed. But I looked into the Winnebago's where you can get a car in the bottom of it. Yeah. I mean, they are very big. You can only go on certain roads, but I think it's worth it. Like a little um, smart car. They also, yeah, they use more fuel than a lorry, but... Doesn't matter. America, in it? Cheap. Cheap as chips. Big no, news. environment, sorry. As long as they're electric, we're happy. Big news today. West. It is big news. James Hook is retiring. Not right now, but at the end of the season. Now, we're going to speak to him in a little bit. Um, great bloke. Great player. So you say. He's one of the most naturally skillful players I think I've seen in a long time. Um, a long time. And unfortunately... Could have gone on to much bigger heights than he did. He's plenty of caps. 81 caps. Went on the Lions Tour in 2009 as a utility back. And that was, I think that was probably not his downfall, but it went against him in the end that he could play in so many different positions and never really nailed down one. He should have taken over from Stephen Jones in that 10 jersey. You know, you look back at 2008 when he was, it was a toss up really between him and, and Stephen Jones. You know, they both started, I think two or three games in the Six Nations at 10. And, um, you know, he moved to the centre, he moved at 15. So never managed to really nail down a position, but what a quality player he was as well. Yeah, I always used to think when... I remember once being with the England squad preparing for... I was injured 
but they were preparing for England Wales at Twickenham, Wales England and Cardiff, whatever. And the news came out that James Hook wasn't playing. They hadn't picked him. And it was one of the first times they hadn't picked him from memory. It was a bit of a hazy memory. And the meeting was, I remember the co- the coaches saying, boys, this is effing awesome news for us. This yeah. is awesome news. That is one big threat. And his name was on the this board. And they put this big black mark through it and said, that is one threat eliminated. Thank, he said something like, thank you, Warren, or thank you, Steve Hansen, whoever it was. And I remember it being like this, the coaches were overjoyed that he wasn't picked. Mate, he was class. He was yeah. so good at making breaks. He had a phenomenal handoff as well. He had pace, really wiry type of player as well. So it's sort of, he'd be able to wriggle out of tackles. You think you got him, but... You ain't. Because he wasn't huge and physical, you know, he's probably like 14 and a half stone. He would just manage to wriggle himself free from tackles and um, just had a great career, really. Speaking uh, of- and he's going to become an author. That's what he wants to do. He wants to become a children's author, much like his hero, Roald Dahl. <laughs> you ever seen that documentary on Roald Dahl? It's brilliant. Mm, yes. When he's sitting in his little shed. Smoking. I love that. A little blanket uh, on his legs. Speaking of 14 and a half stone, 14 stone was the weight of the guy that went on the woman's shoulders on SAS Who Dares Wins last night and the sickener. Did you watch it? Don't spoil it. I haven't watched it yet. I do have a clip, though, on my phone of Ant Middleton just saying, boring, God, when one of the ladies is talking about CrossFit. And I love it. And I use it all the time You used now. it on me on Saturday night a few times. Just all the time. <laughs> Any WhatsApp group that someone's gone on about training or what food they're having tonight, I'll just post that. It's about three seconds long. And I, I loved it. <laughs> she was talking about how hard she trains in CrossFit. To, you know, I, I train, train to at a quite a high level in CrossFit, you know. Boring. God. God. <laughs> oh, it was just, it was the best part of last week. Uh, I didn't watch it last night. I was a little bit rough and tired. Why? Because Tell it was them. your 40th birthday celebrations early, on Saturday early 40th not 40 yet at, it wasn't it was just a, f- a few friends at Matt Powell's house for dinner Matt was, and Anita Powell at yeah. Biddeston which is just by Chippenham a lovely house really impressed with you like that how well you? Matt has done I think it's his wife yeah okay um, but brilliant night we had such a great time some very close friends there food was absolutely delicious and it was delicious because you had outsourced it. Well, cook, well, cooked by Carolyn Madley. Now, Carolyn Madley is, oh, you know, is a human being in her own right. She's brilliant at that, but she's also uh, the wife of Richard Madley, who is a sort of celebrity auctioneer. He does loads of stuff on the telly, but he also does the IPL cricket stuff. He's the auctioneer for that. Is Chloe um, Madley their daughter? No, uh, Harry Madley's the son who works at Bath Rugby. He's one of the commercial team there. Lovely bloke. Yeah. So I, that, there's a link there, but they little they live at the bottom. They live 150 yards from Matt's house. Okay. He was like, look, invite some mates over. How about we don't do the cooking? And I'm presuming that that's going to be Matt's 40th present to me because he's given me nothing else, and I'm presuming he's going to pay the money for that. It was lovely. Well, I'm, not, I'm not paying. The food it. was beautiful. We had a uh, roast beef. Yeah. Um, potato dauphinoise. Dauphinoise. Yeah. Carrots. We had fillet of beef from Field and Flower, actually. Oh, was that it, was it? I, oh, it was I, I got delicious. two fillets delivered, two whole fillets delivered to... And it's a bit extravagant, but I, yeah. you only thought he wants, so I got them delivered to Matt's house on the Friday, and Carolyn cooked them up. But I live in Penarth. You live in Bath, Bath area. And it's just... It's nice to see how the other half live. You know, you have... You have staff. Yeah. Um, there was waiters, waitresses, just delivering us drinks the whole night. Yeah. Um, and that's just a common night for you guys. Yeah. Uh, there was a lovely food. We all had name places. So we were all split up. Yeah. 
Um, a couple of games as well after as well. We had a great quiz, yeah. which I really loved. And that was 10 questions that um, my daughters kids, had yeah. been asked. And we had to try and get the closest answers to to theirs. Well, last night being Sunday night, we re- we watched back the videos of them answering. And the best one was, what's the naughtiest word daddy ever uses? And of course, they absolutely love being able to answer that. They were allowed to answer it, and they both said the F word, and it was one of the best days of their lives. I mean, I, I watched the video, had a good laugh, and then gave them both a good smack. Yeah, good. Um, um, but we also had some games then, didn't we? We had couples games. We were. It was like a bit of a... Oh, we had to pin the cauliflower and the penis on flats, because there was a life-size cardboard cutout of me that Matt had done playing for Bath. Yes. And you had to pin on... The ear, Collie, and you had to pin on the penis. I was mental, guys. We also had like a bit of a, a scooter curling scooter game as curling. well. Uh, but Shanks, in the end, took the life-size cutout, stood behind it, put a hole in the mouth, <laughs> stuck his tongue through and did licking <laughs> motions, and then a cucumber through the man area I, spot <laughs> was shoving that through, and it all went down a bit downhill. Andy Beatty had his shirt off dancing, and Shanks was pretending to have some sort of episode, uh, physical episode with my cardboard cutout. I I used to think I was okay at drinking, but since I hit my forties, I think those days are gone, mate. I don't think I can drink anymore. You had a lot, though. I don't know if I did or not. I, I did that thing where I felt really, really on my way before dinner. I ate the food was so amazing. I smashed so much food in that everything was just unbelievable. Every mouthful was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And ate all this food and felt completely sober. So after dinner, I basically had a quiet word in myself, and I thought, "This is your friends have come all this way." I don't like getting smashed, but I was like, you need to drink quickly. So I just had basically had three, I had three pints of gem in about 15 minutes. Because I think, I think I looked at you and thought, right, if he's not going to do a job on himself, I will. <laughs> and I yeah. properly did. You did, yeah. Uh, we were the last men standing, you and I, God, yeah. like the old days, isn't it? Really and mad, it? I woke up in the morning, I looked, and we stayed on the top floor of Matt and Anita's house, and I looked over the side of the bed. And I just thought, oh, Tom, what have you done? You've bloody done it again, haven't you? Dead body. What have you done? <laughs> and I, it was just, I'd spewed. Projectile. I wasn't going to tell him. I wasn't going to tell the pod. Projectile on the floor. And I've obviously tried to clear it up at night. Um, there's a couple of towels over there. And I'm just thinking, oh, my God. Like, what? <sighs> Coming downstairs, I was like a field mouse. Just quiet. <laughs> I couldn't look at anyone in the eye. And I saw Matt. I said, oh, Matt, can I have a little word in private, please? So I went, we went out the front door. I said, oh, Matt, you never guess what? I think I've got food poisoning, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been sick on the floor. And he's like, oh, nah, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. And anyway, I took a, um, a bucket upstairs with some vanish and scrubbed away for half hour. Matt, still can't get out of my hands now. It stinks. And I tried to do as best a job as I could. Uh, and the worst thing was as well, they've got an au pair come to stay that day. And she was, that was her room. Yeah, their new au pair was arriving. Don't make them sound too privileged. Their new au pair was arriving. <sighs> Man. Um, Can't believe you spewed in bedroom nine. I don't know, mate. I think, I think those days are gone now. I think I'll have to hang up my drinking boots. You won't. I, I, can't, I can't get smashed anymore. I can't do it. Drink with me then. I can't do it. I like I like having a few drinks. I just can't get. I think I found some Bacardi and Coke and started necking that. Mate, you had loads of that. That's why you had the episode. Oh, but I think it was the food. Too rich food. I'm not used to drinking such nice wine. 
No, it's good wine. Um, I think it was the food was way too rich and the wine was way too nice. I'm used to drinking bottles of Blue Nun and. But you were having champagne on arrival, weren't you? Yeah. That got you a bit. Yeah. It's like a wedding. It's like drinks were for free. No, it's just that's how we do it in Bath. It's normal. I wondered, you know, how much I'd put in an envelope, like a business card raffle. (laughs) I've had to send Matt a text to say, look, mate, I'm going to get some carpet cleaners around your house. Uh, When's best? I know he won't reply, so, but at least I I come across as as good. that's it. Um, But no... Thoroughly enjoyed celebrating your 40th birthday, mate. Well done. You reached it. No, not yet. Not we yet. weren't next sure. Week, we weren't week. sure. What, yeah, well, okay. Well, we'll have another party then, shall we? Um, Justice, uh, mate of, a mate of ours, um, isn't he? He texts me saying, um, let's meet up in London. What you like on these dates in early Feb? And I said, I can't do those dates. I'm in Edinburgh for England, Scotland, Scotland, England, you know. And he goes, don't leave it too long, mate. At your size, there's every chance we won't make, you won't make it. And I just said, look, should we, because um, he likes to talk about my weight quite a lot. I said, should we just meet for a coffee in the um, Princess Grace Hospital cardiac wing? And he was like, look, at your size and weight, you're very unlikely to survive the first warning. Good luck. Oh, you're right, mate. <laughs> Remember the doctor said to you, some people are meant to be your size. Yeah. Uh, but Andrew Beatty had Nick Mullins' shoes on. So Great shoes. Obviously, Nick has told you, you've told Beastie, Beastie's got them. Um, you three, the three amigos. Danny Grucock had some wetsuit boots on. I don't know what they were. Did you see them? Yeah, I love those. Really nice. I know. Yeah, I liked them as well. Yeah. Really nice. Um, but really had a good night. Rubber so. sole brown Chelsea boots with yellow elasticated section for a bit of spice. Like so those. thank you for the invite, mate. Um, you like my? Did you like my shoes? Were they boat shoes? No, they were like those oh. Nike hiking trainers. Air Force Ones are wicked. wicked God, we have so many names for you. Neil Armstrong, <laughs> Eddie the Eagle, Alberta Tomba, <laughs> Franz Klammer, <laughs> Eddie the Eagle. Oh, you say that just now? Yeah. They were. I don't know what those boots were. Um, I watched Eddie the Eagle last week. I took a photo of it's them. Really anyway. good. I've taken a of photo of them. I will. I will <laughs> release them. No, can you not? I'll release them on Twitter just to get your views on them. Um, they're they're like hiking boots by Nike. Um, you could put Nike, some. The Niking boots. It's like you could put some. I don't know what they're called. Um, where you you walk in the snow, crampons is it? Crampons, yeah, yeah. Um, you could probably just slot them straight into skis as well. So I just think sometimes, but sh- people are so boring with their shoes. You could also wear them for squash as well and badminton because they had a real gum sole on them. Yeah, you know, so great purchase. People are so boring with their shoes. Not me, mate. Not me. I had a nice pair of Junes on, mate. You're, you tan. Look, no, you had teacher shoes on. Tan teacher shoes. Uh, but yeah, so. There we are. Um, we better chat rugby. Had we? Hmm. Okay, good luck to you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How are you? I'm all right, miss. I'm all right. Yeah, not too bad. Big announcement today, um, Monday morning. Just trying to take a little bit of pressure off the Ospreys, you, and then losing <laughs> Losing the scarlet, uh, uh, something, something like that. But yeah, did you write your own statement, Hooky? Oh, you could tell, couldn't you? You could tell it's beautiful, mate. Lovely <laughs> that. It's like Roald Dahl had written it. Yeah, <laughs> going to become a children's author. Great news. Yeah, well, you got yeah, a book out already, well, haven't you? No, so the first one is out uh, in May. Yeah, and then the second one. Well, we coming to the end of the second one now, so that'll be out pretty much not long. Well, not long after that, so. And is it it's a rugby theme, yeah, with these books? Yeah, so basically it's uh yeah, it's a rugby children's book. Uh and it's like just drawing on like my experiences from well, my whole career from playing and off the field and uh through through a ten year old boy's eyes called Jimmy. Jimmy, eh? I Jimmy, do you know, I read yeah. once, okay, <laughs> that um writing kids' books was the hardest part the hardest world to get into in literary terms because it's so competitive and kids are so brutal with what they like and don't like and then yeah. I actually wrote a draft for one about two years ago and I've got a friend's wife um, my mate Al's wife is a children's books editor and I sent yeah. it to her and she has never spoken to me since <laughs> I think it was really crap yours quite good then oh, well it's, I'd like to think so anyway. I, I tell you I was uh, in, when I was in Gloucester it was my my oldest boy uh, you know they have the book fairs after school and stuff he wanted a Wanted a rugby book, so I said, "Yeah, yeah, we'll go and we'll go and grab one." And there was, there was there was nothing there, like you know, you had sort of the rugby World Cup fact books and things like that, but oh, a lot of football books for kids, as it always is, but uh, nothing rugby wise. So yeah, I just uh, thought there's a bit of an opportunity, here and and yeah, you yeah. Who have you got doing the pictures? <laughs> uh, well, the publisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, you, fancy, you, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Bernie will buy them anyway, won't you? Oh, he'll, Bernie will definitely buy it, yeah. He'll buy he's the whole series. Already, he'll buy the whole series. So, yeah, but he'll buy them for himself. It's, uh, <laughs> you've, had, you've had an amazing career, mate. Um, what are you now, 34? 34, yeah. 34. Um, you've had some unbelievable times with Wales. And he, um, you look back now on your career, I know it's difficult now because you're still in the game, but what are the real highlights of what you've done, mate, with rugby? No, I, I was speaking to someone earlier, and... and for me, most of my sort of success on the pitch came at the start, you know, the early part of my career. So it was coming in, playing for Neath, where we won, we won the league. Playing for the Ospreys in the first two or three years, we won two league titles. Then yeah. 2008, obviously, 
you know, trying to win a Grand Slam. Um, so it was almost like, you know, you knew no different. Um, it's a little bit different now, like you say, in the Ospreys and things. But I think that the main highlight is probably that 2008 Grand Slam. We beat England the first time in 20 years in Twickenham. And after losing to Fiji in the World Cup, you know, a few months before, no one gave us a hope. And then, yeah, yeah, there, there we are winning the Grand Slam. So there's loads of, loads of highlights and little memories. Like I remember me and Mike Phillips sitting on the bench against Australia in uh, 2006 in the autumn. Uh, just, just couldn't believe I was, I was sitting there, and, you know, and f- with all these sort of players I'd watched the previous year, uh, like yourself, Shanks. Yeah, no, I, and yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, getting on the pitch and yeah, just playing against these great countries. So yeah, there's a lot, lot of memories. It's like when people play golf with me, they get a little bit nervous, a little bit uptight because they're playing with me. Um, <laughs> what about your first cat, mate? I remember watching you. Uh, it was in Argentina, wasn't it? You and Ian Evans, I think, were were capped yeah. together. Uh, yeah, you're in the sixty yard interception. Dri- <laughs> yeah, and then and then gloated to the crowd, didn't he? What a <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a bit of a dream sort of debut for you, wasn't it, over in Argentina? Yeah, it was. I, th- well, I didn't expect to go on the tour. To be honest, I was still playing. No, not do we? Um, still playing for Nice. <laughs> yeah, still playing for Nice. And uh, yeah, and obviously Gareth Jenkins, Nigel Davis were in charge, and yeah. they um, they said you know I'd be going on the tour, so I just thought I was going out to hold some pads and just make up the numbers. But fair play, didn't, you know, Nigel and Gareth they put me on the bench for the first test, and like you say, yeah, scored a try and and started the second test, and. You know, I hadn't really played for the Ospreys before then, so yeah, yeah, it was just sort of riding the wave. I was unbelievable. Um, what about uh, your sevens titles as well? As well, you were was it Commonwealth champion? Uh no, we went to the Commonwealth Games that with um, with Wales. Yeah, we won. We won the plate. We beat South Africa, but yeah, just I knew it won something. Didn't realise it was a yeah. Plate. Keep, yeah, so the... yeah, we didn't didn't win the main the main thing. Like, yeah. but we we saw we saw the neighbour set. That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's it. You got to go to the final. Got best seats in the house. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna. One thing I was thinking, we bounce around a bit, but that doesn't matter. Um, when I when I was yeah, sort of you know, you're a young sort of you play for England schools or Wales schools, and I was playing for England schools against Wales schools, and we played. Um, I think it was 18s or 21s. I think at some point we played at Neath, and like growing up, I'd always just watched Neath. I love watching Neath, and it was on terrestrial yeah. TV quite a lot then, and on quite a lot of rugby special, I think. And I'd love watching Neath because they had such a good pack and I was in the front row and all that. And I remember thinking, well, when you were, you know, the only thing wrong with being English is you could never play for Ireland at Lansdowne Road, which would just be the most amazing thing. Yeah. The only, thing, only problem with being from sort of London or Bath is that you never end up playing for Neath. And <laughs> I was used to think like when that all broke up and the provinces were, you know, all that, all that stuff began, I was thinking it was a great loss. Like, do you, I know you, you know, your career's gone beautifully since then, but do you look back on those Neath days, you know, because it was, of course, the end of Neath, really, as as we knew it. Do you look back on that with yeah. real pride and a bit of sadness that it's not there like it was anymore? Yeah, it is. It is sad, and especially when, obviously, looking at the Ospreys now, we played in the Liberty Stadium, and obviously, it's not going great down there. So we get in, you know, we not we're not even getting ten thousand in the twenty odd thousand seat stadium. So people are rattling around in there, and you miss you miss those sort of atmospheres. And and in fairness, the Ospreys they're trying to. Uh, bring it back a little bit. We've played one game actually this year, flats in the null. Um, and but but to be fair, what it wasn't the same sort of atmosphere like like I was used to. So and hundred percent, all the boys feel the same. They do miss those uh, sort of atmospheres. I just I wonder like when you play that game at the null. I wonder if like because you see clubs do this every now and again, and I always think like it's a really good opportunity to deprofessionalise the whole thing. 
So just for one game, just every now and again, make all the tickets 10 quid. <laughs> Don't have all the crazy halftime entertainment. Don't have all that stuff. Just have loads of hot dog and burger stands, loads of beer stands, yeah. a bit of music if you want, but nothing more than that. Maybe have a you know Welsh band if you want, because that'll make it better. Yeah. And leave it like it would have been player. 20 years ago, because people will love it. That's what I always do. Just think. get the phonics down there. Yeah, <laughs> phonics in. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. Well, like like I say, we've, we've done it once this year, but uh, yeah, the thing is, we, we lost, we lost the cheetahs, so didn't go so well. So no. uh, hopefully, we get another chance now. But uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a case for it. But you've also got your testimonial game, which is going to be played there. Now, <laughs> yeah, I, I probably can't play. Um, <laughs> too much of a risk, mate. Um, you sure? You, fast, you fancy a flat, sir? Might end someone. Really busy. What day is it? They're busy that day. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to come down and uh, and sip away. On a on a couple ah, of bellies, nice, nice um, but um, you got testimonial year coming up. Um, nice, nice from the Ospreys to to Grant Yat, Ospreys and Neath. Um, what stuff you got going up with? Well, what stuff you got coming up with that? Yeah, so yeah, like you say, the game is in the null on the eleventh of July. So there's quite a few boys uh, confirmed for, for that. And who are the two teams um, playing? Like a James Hook fifteen and a. Yeah, so it's like, uh, do you remember Paul James had a test yeah. last year? Um, so it's like the classic Lions. Yeah. Um, so they, they'll pick their team. Gotcha. Um, and I'll, I'll pick my team then. So. Is Alan Phillips doing yeah. the classic Lions? Alan Martin. Alan Martin, Alan Martin is it? He's yeah. Alan, Alan Martin, yeah, yeah. I spoke to him the other Martin, day, actually. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's bouncing for it, so... Just got to be careful of David James, haven't you? Still gives like 100, <laughs> 120%. Oh, test match, is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, fair do to him. He's flat out. Tackle, jackal. Um, now, was that the... Liberty Stadium for your game against Saracens at the weekend, Hook. We have to just touch a little bit on the Ospreys. It's not yeah. been a great season so far. You've had one win in all competitions. But, look, from my point of view, and when I look at the Ospreys now, they, they have been the number one team in Wales for such a long time. Um, and you've still got quality players throughout that squad. Yeah. It's not as if you've lost every single person. You don't have international. You, you know, George North, Scott Williams. Um, yeah. There's loads. You're missing Gareth Anscombe maybe a little bit. But at some stage, right, it's going to have to turn, isn't it? You've got too many and too good quality players there at the Ospreys for you to be bad um, for a long period. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like at the start of the season, we were missing all, all the top internationals because of the World Cup and things. So we didn't have a great start. So that, that didn't help. And then everyone was sort of saying, you know, when the internationals come back, you know, we'll, we'll start winning. And yeah, yeah and, and obviously they're back now. And we, 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 we're playing better. You know, yeah. we, against the Dragons away, we played played really well and we were looking like we could win the game in the last minute we we end up losing and, yeah. and against Saris I know albeit Saris turned up with uh, with a sort of second string team oh, and then a man second. sent off yeah. But, but yeah you know we, we we had a chance we had our opportunities to win against Saris but yeah like, we've all been there you know it's uh, yeah. hopefully it'll turn soon and uh, yeah cause it's not it's, it's tough for the moment. You can say you've all been there boys and trying to pick yourself up every Monday after a loss it's, it is yeah it's not great but yeah, you know, that's rugby, isn't it? Where do you see your role, mate, with the Ospreys at the moment? Because you're retiring at the end of the season, so um, this is it. This is your your final sort of few months you're going. I mean, are you helping a lot of the youngsters? Are you sort of trying to trying to model Luke Price a little bit, trying to give him some advice? Yeah, yeah. So, I, like, that's why I'm off this afternoon now. So I'm doing the, the academy and under-18s backs and things and doing a lot of stuff with the kicking and helping yeah. out with some, some skills and that. So, and... I remember, like Neil Jenkins, obviously, Shanks, you remember, when he used to come come around the regions and, yeah. you know, not, not not just a kicking coach and skills coach, he's, he's a bit of a mentor and he's been there and done that. So, if I can do a bit of that with some of the young 
youngsters there, they'll, uh, they'll be great. Hookie, uh, I just uh, just sort of looking back over what's been a really long career of yours. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you you know you've got eighty one caps. If I'm right in saying you're eighty one caps, am I right with that? Yeah, yeah, eighty one. Right yeah. Um, well done. Um, by that <laughs> logic, you know, we Shanks and I have we've worked out a mathematical algorithm on this podcast, which is I haven't. And again, it's not. This isn't designed <laughs> to offend anyone. It's just it's fact. Is that yeah, because um, it's so much harder to play for England because there are so many more players in England. Um, <laughs> basically, one England cap is worth ten Welsh caps. Is basically what Shanks is. Is that read. right? Is it? So Shanks has got seventy caps and I've got eight, but it still means I'm better than he was. <laughs> uh, but you are one cap better than me. That's basically what it means. So congratulations. Um, oh, I'll take it, No, you've done all right. You've done all right, then, mate. But what? What? You know, you look as as an Englishman and as a rugby fan, and a yeah, we will have at some point played against each other, although we won't be able to remember. I wouldn't have done anything. Um, you, you had an incredible career, eighty-one caps um, for anyone in any position is a hell of an achievement. But in the positions you play um, in yeah. Wales, particularly competitive place to get the national team, it's a hell of an achievement. But it's an interesting one because Shanks mentioned earlier in in the intro that you won't have heard yet about you going on a Lions tour. And I remember you just being good in almost every position. Now, yeah. that's great. But I remember, I think, it, I think it was Austin Healy saying, you know, it's helped me and it's hindered me playing in a couple yeah. of different positions. I, you know, maybe I wish I'd specialised. I think it was Austin. Do you ever look back? And you can't look back with regrets, I wouldn't have thought, because you've got 81 no. caps and you retire as one of the best that's done it. So, but we're all professionals and we all remember the crap games. We all remember the things we did wrong, probably more clearly than the things that went well um I don't know yeah. if you're the same but do you ever look back and think god I wish I'd specialized then I'd be a 120 cap player yeah yeah I, I do yeah I do look back and think I think I, I look back to the 2011 Six Nations for example where I, I was always I started off as an outside half and I felt that was always my best position yeah um but I sort of got moved down the back lane quite quite easily and I remember 2011 I started against Scotland at 10 and, and played played pretty well and uh, we won the game up there, so I thought, oh, here we go now and have a nice run at 10. Um, but then Jonathan Davis got injured in the centre. I played, I played 13, then I played 12, and then I moved to full-back. So I, I played pretty much three or four positions throughout one Six Nations. Yeah. And, and, that, and that 2011 Six Nations pretty much sums up my career. But having said that, like you say, if I, if I didn't play that amount of positions, would I have had 80-odd caps? I don't know. So, yeah, it's a tough one, Flat. So, yeah, i got to be proud and, and grateful yeah. for, the, for the way it's turned out, like, you know. Yeah, well, mate, you've been absolutely, you've been a legend in Wales. Um, Cheers, saying, Shanks. Look, I'm interrupting Shanks, but it's not a question. Shanks got a question, but again, you won't have heard this, and I don't expect you to listen to every podcast you're ever on or every rugby podcast, but I remember Hookie being injured but doing rehab with England, and they were preparing to play against Wales in the Six yes. Nations. I can't remember what year it was, but you weren't picked. I don't think you were injured. I think they'd left you out, and it was one of the first times yeah. they'd left you out. And there was yeah. real celebration from the England coaches as they put a cross through your name. And it was almost like, what are the Welsh coaches doing? And the England team, the England setup, were thrilled that you weren't playing. So I think that is sounds horrible, but that's actually quite a compliment, <laughs> I think. Ah, oh, fair play, yeah. That's nice, Dad. Uh, they were. Sorry, Tommy. Can I wrap yeah. up now? Yeah, to wrap up. Wow, there. thank you for that. Um, you going to talk with the Adidas shop, Shanks? It's always my best story. We've, we've spoken about it all the time. Kicking footballs, tennis rackets, the lot. Uh, uh, I, I still got the, the Beckham LA Galaxy top, yeah, somewhere. Have you? 
Oh, it was, it was the best trip, wasn't it, ever? France, <laughs> you get to the, go to the Adidas shop, you're late for a meeting because you've just, <laughs> you're getting all of your, all of your, whatever it was, three grand limit of kit. He's bashing it in. He's got stickers, wristbands, yeah. a lot. Um, uh, probably getting his money to um, But, mate, you've been a legend for Wales, been a legend of the Ospreys everywhere you've gone. Gloucester, mate, you're one of the most popular blokes I know. On this podcast. Um, thanks for coming on, Hooky, and I'll enjoy buying and reading your books. We're going to buy and Shanks, I'm going to buy the book, obviously, but Shanks is going to buy it. He's not going to ask you for a freebie. He's going to buy it. I will. Uh, I yeah. will. I'll order to that. No, Shanks. Yeah, that's it. Give him back, mate. Hey, well done, Hooky. Great effort, mate. Hey, Keep going. Hey, thanks a lot, boys. Nice Appreciate to chat you, fellas. Nice one. Right. See you soon. Thanks, thanks. Bye, bye, bye. You were at Bath, weren't you, Flats, on... Friday night. Friday night, yeah. Yeah, I was there with Ugo and Benny and Craig and everyone and Sarah and... And your jacket. And my jacket, Have yeah. Have you had it repuffed? No. It looked, it looked very puffy. One bloke... Oh, do you know what happened? Because um, you, you get a minute... A couple of things happened with the jacket. One was that I walked from the west stand to the far side of the other stand, like around the pitch to go and do the post-match chat with Craig Doyle. And he was like, I can't believe how much attention that jacket still gets. I said, yeah. Doyle, honestly, mate... It is a hundred times a weekend minimum, minimum, and I would not have liked to be David Flatman with that jacket on and a tash. So he got well. I thought I looked right, but we got on, went on oh, air, and his the, first question the was you'd get. the jacket. Have you not thought about changing it? And I said, well, actually, Doyler, I'll be frank. If it because no one watches the post match thing on a Friday night, I don't suppose. But if I, you know, if I've been given it as a freebie, I'd probably say to the people who gave it to me, thanks very much, but I'm going to get something else. I've been it. Excuse the pun, but because I actually bought it. I'm wearing it till it's dead. You want to get value for money, don't you? Yeah, I don't want to be wasteful. I don't want to waste. So, um, yeah, but then one guy sent me a message on Instagram and it was brilliant. And it was one of those message request things. I'm not brilliant on Instagram. So I accidentally pressed delete or decline or whatever. But I wish I hadn't because he said, I'd get a new jacket if I were you. You look like an egg in a cup. <laughs> but that was quite good. But it did look puffy. I yeah. thought you might have had it repuffed. Um, yeah, okay, you're at Bath. Not the greatest game. Don Brandt was good. But I think... What we should do is focus probably on the teams that we are thinking are going to qualify. One more week of Champions Cup left. Yeah. Um, we'll start with so Leinster in pole position at the moment. They are they've got Benetton away next week. They are going to get a home semi final, which is pretty much key in this competition. Yeah. Um, they're going to go through. I think ranked number one team. Yeah. Um, as we expect, you know they've not lost. Have they lost in any... Um... No, they haven't lost 14 in a row, isn't it? 15 in a row. Anyway, yeah, incredible. I've forgot, forgotten, but yeah, uh, the exact number, but it is, yeah, it's quite astonishing. Yeah, they're unbelievable outfit. No matter who they've got, the Dor- academy coming through. Doris didn't even get picked this week, and they're still... It's huge. They were just, they were just fantastic. Yeah. They were just fantastic. Um, I watched the Rass in Munster game. That was a massive game for Munster. Um, Munster really needed to win that to stand a chance in qualifying. They're 11th, the seed 11th at the moment. They've got Ospreys at home next week, which shouldn't be too difficult, and they'll probably get maximum amount of points for that. But I don't think that's going to be enough. There's no. a slim chance they could do it. Um, but that Racing 92 game, I mean, they were in it. They were two points leading with about 10 minutes left on the clock. And then all of a sudden, Finn Russell, crossfield kick. That was it was a bit of luck needed by that because the crossfield kick didn't go straight to hand. It didn't go into Teddy Thomas' hand straight away. It bounced and he was just able to squeeze it in with millimeters to go. What a finish! What a finish in wow. that corner. Uh, but most of those kicks, you know, they're there to be taken in the air, and yeah. it was a little bit fortunate by 
Rassin to get the bounce that allowed the ball to stay in field and Tom yeah. Atta. It was a great. And by finish, the way, no doubt about that. Wayne Barnes for one of was trying to find out from the TMO and stuff whether. Teddy Tomah was onside at the kick and wouldn't you believe it French directors controlling what angles everyone's given don't show it they just refuse to show a wide angle in the most advanced stadium in the world would you believe it there's no wide angle to show whether or not Teddy Tomah's onside that when you watch on BT Sport you think somebody from BT Sport isn't being quick enough or accurate yeah. enough with the angles it's not they're getting what they're given from the French director on site and it is a scandal it is a scandal how how basically biased and restrictive the French directors are. Firstly, the match direction is crap anyway. You've got these random angles all the time that you don't know what's going on. Then they will not show any angle or repeat anything that might incriminate a French player. It is a complete scandal. Also, there were very um, limited camera angles for uh, the Vakatawa knock-on, which I think was a knock-on. Now, yeah. he takes a ball. There's no. I can't see how that ball has gone backwards. It's bounced backwards and Vakatawa has ended up in front of the ball. But for me, that is, he's lost the ball and it's it's clearly gone forward before it's gone backwards. Um, but it wasn't given. Uh, there was no clear evidence, Barnsley said, for the reason why I, I think it was, I think it was a knock-on. Um, but they get away with it and what a pass from Teddy Aribian. Aribian? Ribby. Yeah, I mean, right, yeah, it's, right. it's, no, it's written down in front of us, so let's try and... It's a, ted, it's a teddy. From Iribarin. one, from one teddy Iribarin. to another teddy. Okay, I've got something to say on that pass. What? It's a, well, two things. It's amazing. Yeah. Right? It's absolutely amazing. As Ugo said on Twitter, oh, my pass. But I remember Kieran Bracken throwing one or two of those in games and in training. Mm. And I, someone said to him, stop Dippy or some Dippy Dipper says, stop showing off. And he said, I'm not showing off. I can obviously Brax had an amazing pass, world class scrum half off both hands, but it's like I can just get it way further. Yeah. And when it doesn't have to be that accurate, it's actually easier. So it's not showing off. It's actually he might not have been able to throw that pass with his left hand because no. it was too far. So yeah. actually, you can wang it like that, can't you? Yeah, they can. Um, it was a close game all the way through, right until the last ten minutes, really. And Vakatawa scores somehow. He sneaks through, but we were mentioning before we we came on air with a pod what a player he is. You think he's the number one thirteen in the world at the moment. Well, you don't rate Sami Randjaja. I do. You've rate always him. thought he was crap. You say I don't rate him because you didn't add him in one of your world fifteen teams before. You didn't. And someone, someone mentioned it. I did the forwards. You, you did the and backs. And you blamed me. And you left him out. You blamed me. You think he's on steroids? He didn't get Fiji. Didn't get that far in the World Cup. Maybe that's one of the reasons. You why think he's on steroids? Possibly. And he's match fixing. I don't think he is. You think he's Any salary cap whatsoever? Cheap. I think he's worldy. But you think he's a salary cap? Vakatawa. Is up there. See, you're, you're clutching now and you're going harder. <laughs> Vakatawa. Oh, his my step, goodness. his power. He was phenomenal for France in the World Cup. Like, he's not a winger anymore. They started him off on the wing. He is, he came through the sevens, remember? He was one of the biggest. Do I remember? No. <laughs> but <laughs> he is like, Sami Ranjadra, if you've got to pick someone, I'd say Sami Ranjadra. After the World Cup, I would say this is the best player in the world. This yeah. is the best rugby player in the world. And almost about whatever position you put him in, he's so valuable because his work rate's so high and he's so good everywhere and he can do everything. But because he's not playing in the Heineken Champions Cup because he's uh, playing for a lesser club and, all that, and you know next year at Bristol, he'll have a load more profile. Haven't seen as much of him since the World Cup. But Vakatawa is just... That's good. Do you know what? It's like... 
it's like when you watch a, a cartoon and when cartoon characters can do physically unrealistic things. It's not that he can do physically unrealistic things. It's like his body is perfectly proportioned for what he wants to do. So mm-hmm. he's very fast, agile, very powerful, but he's not muscle-bound. He's not wiry. He's got this perfect physique, but everything that your body can ima- you can, your mind can imagine your your body doing that you can't do he can do he mm. can do all of it and he has he's so intelligent he's got such quick thinking when he plays I just think he's a I think he's just an absolute master but like a lot of these Fijians wonderful when they step they don't lose any momentum whatsoever and no speed they're just able to step and power through contact Killer. we saw that and Ratson were actually unlucky as well because. Uh, I think it was Chavonse throws an intercept pass, which Conway gets and runs nearly length of the field because that was there was a few try scoring opportunities for him. Um, Omri Chavonse has, has made so few errors playing for Racing I in know. the last ten years. Like, but also someone who had a brilliant game who I don't like um, in the Racing team. I don't like that much is Bernard Larue. Mm. Um, he's I think he's just unsung hero. Whatever we're singing, he's he is a brilliant, a wonderful player. He's South African French version of Peter Steph Dutoy, I think, just does loads of high impact physical work. The reason I don't like him, Shanks, is because in Oita, when you and I were out with the ITV crew, yeah. getting blimmin' getting blimmin' lashed in that bar, and a few of the French team walked in. Remember a few of the French team walked in? Oh, I can't remember now. All the Aussie Fijians were smashed walking out yeah. as we arrived there. And about half an hour after we got there, a couple of the French boys arrived and one of them was him. And I thought Blanked you. No, I oh. he blanked me, yeah. I thought that is potentially the most attractive, physically attractive man oh. I've ever seen in the flesh. I got you. Jealousy. Tom Evans, close, but this guy's taller and bigger. Tom Evans has got a famous girlfriend now. But Bernard LaRue is a better specimen than Tom Evans. And I thought, don't like you. Yeah, Tom Evans has gone out with Nicole Scherzinger now. Luckily, I don't get jealous. Um, but Ben Tamifuna, he is, he's key to the way... Yeah, he is. Rass and attack. Not yeah. just scrummaging, but... You watch him, he's he acts a bit like Mako Vinopola, you know, first receiver. And because you, he's such a big bloke and because he can carry so well, when he puts that ball behind a forward back to your 10 or your your ball player, mm-hmm. it just takes people by surprise. You see him off the line-out, Rassin would hit up, he'd come round on the first peel, he'd take the ball, put it behind a forward, back to the 9 or back to the 10, and it just holds defenders in the like great Sinclair. space. Like yeah, Sinclair. Yeah, yeah Sinclair. Matt. Genge as well, doing it as well. Props. That is part of, I think, what modern day props have to do now. Yeah, but it... Not well, everyone can do it. No, they can't. And while it is it is a skill to stand and give that ball out the back, it's a far, it's a far greater skill to mix that up with really, really penetrative carrying and offloading yep. at the line. So when you've got guys like Genge, like Tamafuna, like Mako, uh, like Sinclair who can carry hard, who can offload, who can distribute at the back and do it all, they are props who legitimately hold defenders. Standing give doesn't hold defenders. But it's also knowing when to do it because you'll have different options. Sometimes it's a carry, sometimes it's a tip-on, sometimes it's a blind pass. The best blind pass I saw at the weekend was Rory Hutchinson. It was for the Malander try. He just takes it so flat, played 12 for Northampton the weekend and just pulls it right back. Doesn't even look because that's the tell, that's the giveaway yeah. when a player is looking sideways for that pass. He goes full Charlie Hodgson. He goes full, yeah. yeah. 
Um, it was a wonderful pass. But yeah, so Racing are right up there. But they have got Saracens away next weekend. And I don't bet on anyone beating Saracens at home, Allianz nope. Park. Neither do I. Um, so it's going to be a tough ask. Racing will qualify, no doubt about that. But I don't think they're going to get a home court final. I think they'll finish probably in sixth with 22 points. Because I just think the Saracens juggernaut is, is too good at home. They're near enough impossible to beat. And... They're only, they're only playing 13 men next weekend. Sometimes with Saracens, though. Um, well, not sometimes with Saracens. I think with Saracens at the moment. I mean, it's great that they're still in the European competition, but if they didn't qualify and they get knocked out of Europe, it might be a blessing in disguise because they can just put all their efforts into making sure they stay up in the Premiership. Um, yeah. At the moment, they're still in two competitions. I mean, it's great for them. You know, the dream for Saracens would be, wouldn't it, to stay up in the Gallagher Premiership this year and also potentially win Europe. Wow. They will, they will definitely stay up in the Prem. and That's like doing a double. Ugo thinks if they qualify, they'll win Europe. What do I, you think? I think Leinster will win Europe. Yeah. They're a better team than Saracens. Um, possibly. Possibly. Um, right, interesting about... Um, are you ready to move on to Saris yet? Yes. Interesting about... Um, Interesting chat around Richard Wigglesworth because um, obviously there's this, this whole... We don't need to go into the whole... We could do it on another pod, but this would be a long pod, this, if we do it. But... The whole Saracens thing goes on. Of course it does. Um, but a couple of things. I listened to a podcast called Law in Sport with Lord Dyson who made the judgment against Saracens on the, Sar- on the Saracens case. That's worth a listen. He can't believe the report hasn't been made published. He thinks it's plain wrong to have kept it so private. I think I absolutely agree. I think we should all be able to read it um, and see exactly what's happened and why they've been found guilty. But... <clears throat> Saracens have altered their position without telling anyone, without saying we were wrong before. They've altered their position. Ed Griffiths has come in and said, you are effectively been very, very contrite, very, very upfront, which has been fab, actually. I think he's done brilliantly so far in, term, in terms of the comms we've received in the public. There does have to be a reduction in salaries and or an offloading of players. One of the players talked about, who's saying, right, we might move this guy into coaching next year. It was, I don't know if they said it, but it was rumoured, was Richard Wigglesworth. Yeah. My, I put a little tweet out saying, for all this talk of Richard Wigglesworth becoming a coach, and look, you meet the guy for 10 minutes, level as many as well as, you know, I know him a little bit. This guy would be an excellent pundit, an excellent commentator, an excellent coach. You just know, because he knows so much. He's such a good communicator. He would be great. But I think it's way too early for him to retire because he's such a good player. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I, he has actually come out and said... I think after the game at the weekend, I'm nowhere near ready to retire. I'm still going. So if that's not mm. for Saracens, it's going to be for someone else. Yeah. So that's quite an interesting one. So he I was think- he was brilliant at the weekend. His game management. Now they were down to 40 men. Reese Carey gets red carded. Um, split opinion on this, but I mean people are, are saying that he couldn't wrap his arm because there was another Saracens player in the way. But it's that the, the hand is low. The shoulder is in front of the arm. That look and that picture to a TMO or a ref is really bad and that is going to get given a red card every single time. Now, we want consistency. Sometimes um, these types of tackles go unnoticed. But the trouble you've got now is that that red card was dictated by the way that Dan Evans runs and he dips right low before contact to brace himself and he's not the tallest bloke. So the way to get around that is just you're going to have to go lower. You you know, you a lot of people use that type of tackle that Reese Carey did, um, but if you're using that type of tackle, you know you there is an option, and potentially you will connect with a head. And if you do, it's going to be a red card. So 
I mean, it's it wasn't the it wasn't the most extreme red card I've ever seen, but it was a red. Uh, but it didn't really matter to Saracens. Ospreys only scored points when they were down to 13 men because Callum Clark gets yellow card as well. But Richard Wigglesworth, key instance in the game. Um, Ospreys had no 15, no winger back. He puts an up and under up. Venter, the scrum half for Ospreys, realises really late, tries to pedal back, and Lewington just catches it on the run. Momentum's with him. Score a try. Ospreys never really... Really, I thought, Lewington, I thought Lewington got to that ball a bit too easily. Actually, I yeah, think we the, better defend. The Ospreys really never threatened Saracens unless they were down no. to to thirty men. So, I mean, that was a result we sort of knew was going to happen. Dan Evans good. Um, Dan Evans was good. Luke Morgan was really good as well. Um, Dan Evans is so key to how Ospreys attack. They're desperate for Gareth Anscombe to get back. Imagine next year, Gareth Anscombe, Reese Webb, nine and ten. Yep. Class. You know, as as we mentioned with, with hooky, you know, the Wales will take them. They only play five games. There's too good. A, they're too good a team to be this poor for a long time. Um, it was also good. Um, Dan Baker back fit as well. Big ball carry number eight. He's had torrid time with injuries. Um, but well, I quite enjoyed Joel Kapoku as well for Saris when he came on. He can. He can Gloss. carry. Um, Toulouse have got Gloucester at home. Next week, um, I think they'll. I'm commentating on that one actually. That'd be great. In Toulouse, yeah, I think they'll they'll get four points out of that. Maybe five. It's a, I don't know. I mean, Gloucester will send a, a big, strong team because they they've got a chance possibly to uh, to win and to get through. Um, they'll need 19 points. Maybe 18 might be enough to get them through. Um, Exeter. Glasgow, great game. Loads of tries, 31 all. And what a game. What the greatest kick that never was at yep. the end. Stuart Hogg, was it 60 odd, maybe 70 metres? Yep. Now he knows that ground, doesn't he? Because he's Glasgow through and through. And oh, it's inches away, isn't it? Millimetres yep. away. Rebounds off the crossbar. Killer. Oh, it I was a killer. I think Exeter might well five point La Rochelle next week. You think? Yep. I do. Okay. I do think that, yeah. Yeah, I think they will as well. I think La Rochelle have great moments, but they're not brilliant against, against relentless teams because they like to be able to switch off for little periods. La Rochelle are out as well. They've got, they're have got they only on yeah. 10 points. They're not going to qualify. No. Exeter have got them at home. You know, you you would back that as well. So, um, Claremont, they've got Quinns away. Um, now, they beat uh, Ulster at the weekend. Ulster started off really, really well. John Cooney scored again. John Cooney has to be number one scrum half in the Six Nations. It's a John Cooney show at the moment. It's his tournament. He's kicking. He's scoring tries. His support lines are brilliant. And a lot of that is is down to the way that Ulster play. Um, McCluskey's really good at 12. Gets him over the game line. But also the subtleties of the offloads. Billy Burns at 10 with that hugely attacking kicking game. Um, so so accurate with crossfield kicks with little chips through um, but no, look the man of the moment for Ulster is John Cooney at the moment um, I think Ulster will probably finish fifth though which means they've got an away quarter final um, so they play got, Bath at their place next week they play they'll, Bath they'll, at they'll beat them by five you'd imagine yeah, yeah. Bath are out of it as well yeah. Um, yeah I think they'll beat them by five but maybe not enough um to get themselves in the fourth position because I think Claremont will win with Quinns away. Um, and then Northampton. Um, so then Leon, I think I'm commentating on that as well, actually. Are you? Yeah. Oh, you're a busy boy this weekend. In Leon, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Northampton have got Leon away. I think they'll, again, they'll... Um, well, Leon don't do Europe either. They've been useless, largely. Yeah. I mean, a couple of nice couple of nice tries. 
over the course of the last few rounds, but they've ultimately been useless. And I think even though they're at home, I don't. I just you can't back them to deliver, can you? No, you can't. And I, I don't know whether they'll get five points, but I think potentially they will take them up to nineteen. So Northampton, I think, will qualify as well. But I spoke briefly about it. Rory Hutchison pass for um, Harry yeah. Mallinder's try. Um, great to see Harry Mallinder back. Fifteen months, fella. I know. Knee injury. Huge. Um, but he's a massive bloke, isn't Six, he? Six five. Well, well, three and a half feet of that is neck. Yeah. He's and this is irrelevant. The lovely bloke. Mm. One of the one of the nice guys, so it's really good to see him back. It's nice seeing James Grayson as well, distributing at ten. Looks a classy player. You were, were saying in the paper, it's hard to escape his dad's shadow because even in the peg, at, in the number ten peg at Saints, got Paul Grayson written on it. You know, like <laughs> legends in your position. You know, yeah. he's one of those. Yeah, like, but he's he's doing a good job. You know, he's he is back up to Dan Bigger. There's, you know, you can't deny that. You know, that's Dan's right. been playing really well. Yeah, but it's also good, great to learn from a player like Dan Bigger, the competitor he is how yeah. well he's playing at the moment and I think this year is probably one of the best seasons I've seen Dan Bigger have um, I, I think it's the best at club level I've seen because he's, he's re- he looks really really creative to me he, looks, he great. looks creative but he's also a massive threat now ball in yeah. hand as well you know and I think it helps having players like Rory Hutchinson inside or outside him because I think Rory Hutchinson is so skillful like he slots into the 10 position a lot which means Dan doesn't always have to be in that position and, and be a distributor and we saw it I think last week for the Reinhardt try when Ashley Bigger becomes a one out runner and hits a centre line, line goes yeah. through yeah um, great actually quite a well. big bloke yeah you know you, yeah. You, you often don't think not that it makes you any good he's all got to be brave we know he's brave but to, it's when he's now he's started hitting these lines you start he walks past you and you think actually God, he's actually quite a specimen yeah so I, th- I think it's only really Gloucester and Glasgow that aren't going to have enough firepower. Um, Glasgow have got sail away at the weekend. Um, they were good uh, against Exeter. You know, two teams that play very similar. That's hard work, sail away as well, fella. Yeah. That's hard work. It is. Um, disallowed tries a forward pass by Hastings, I think, for Sam Johnson. The score, uh, Tommy Seymour back to his best. Um, but yeah... Sale on 12 points, it's not really going to be enough unless there's some catastrophes. No. Um, so we're looking at Leinster, Exeter, Toulouse, Claremont. I think those four will get home quarterfinals and Elster, Racing, Saracens and Northampton filling the, the next four spots. But it's European rugby, mate. Anything can happen. Oh, Tom, anything can happen. But yeah. I still think Leinster are going to win it. They look megatrons to me. Mm. Well, I think Leinster... I thought, Ty- thought Tyg Furlong was really good again at the weekend. Lens will get through to a back in form, a quarter final, uh, a final, I think. But we've seen it so many times. Anything can happen once you're there, fella. It can, it can, and you know if you're up against an almighty physical pack like a like an Exeter or like a Saracen, Saris, yeah, um, or Claremont if they're at it. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, Pachelli Yato playing, but yeah, I mean, Lens have just been so good for so many. Max years. Deegan was so good at eight. Mm. Um, seeing all the talks been about Doris, he was so good at eight. I thought he had an bl- absolute blinder of a game. And you lose Sexton, Ross Byrne comes in. Mm. He's just a fab player. I mean, and for me, that the most threatening player they have is James Lowe because he's playing against him. He's a bit like Jack Knoll. He just like he just tries to make something out of everything. And even at pro level, you see mega athletes going to ground too easily. Often yeah. you think, well, they they just accepted that they're going to go to ground, recycle the ball, go. These guys fight. James Lowe, Jack Null, they fight so hard. I bet like Conway playing for on the wing for Munster, he's just all out every single time. And I think with James so Lowe as well, against. he's obviously a, a thick-set bloke, right? But I think people underestimate actually how strong and powerful yeah. he is because 
some of the tries he scores, you know, he has no real right to, but he just uses that strength. And I, I think people actually don't go in hard enough and they get surprised by the power that he's able to generate. Um, but just with Leinster, they're just settled, aren't they? You know, you said about Sexton or Byrne, but James Lowe, Robbie Henshaw, Gary Ringrose, Lama, it's just yeah. partnerships tested. They work. Yeah, and you could you could pretty much write down the Leinster team before it took the field, couldn't you? Yeah, and also, you know, we just mentioned there about possibly a physical pack might be able to dominate them, but they can also mix it physically as well. You look at, you know, Kean Healy, Furlong, Big Dev Toner, Fardy. Ruddock, Van der Fleer. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. They're yeah. a ridiculous team. That's Huge. why I think they're going to win it. Huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I wouldn't argue that either. Um, I think that brings That'll our do pod us boy, it? to a close. Thanks, yeah. Hooky. Yeah, thank you, Jimbo Hook. Um, good luck with everything you do. Um, one of the most likeable guys ever met. Top 100 anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, Make sure, if you haven't, you book tickets for Battle of the Pod, which is happening on, I think it is a week on Wednesday. It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. So myself, Flats, we're going to be up against the Rugby Pod. Boys of Jim and Goody. It's the 22nd. It's happening in Tobacco Dock in London, which is the city. We hate each other. We all hate Jim and Goody, don't we? We wear a pinstripe suit if it's in the city. Yeah, we hate them. And we've also got Nolly and Laura Jane Jones we hate from them. Tryhards. We hate them, don't we? And the worst dressed ref in the world, Wayne Barnes. We he will him. be there. We hate him. It's battle. It's why we're saying battle. We're trying to up the hate. We hate Barnesy. Um, well, yeah. He had another good game at the weekend. Let's leave that. It's getting sickly. He just because at least he might he's speaking in French and everything. Uminute, please. Uminute, please. Uminute, thank you. I can't Uminute. believe he's taken to shaving his legs though. Restez-vous. He's the only ref I. I'm aware of that actually shaves his legs and his forearms. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah. More aer- aerodynamic, he says, he went, and it's he better do, for a massage as well. He won't do his shoulders and back, though. No. Odd guy. Um, so he'll be there in his combat trousers, won't he, in hiking boots. Mm-hmm. He'll be there, ready to go in his health sandals. Mm. Pockets everywhere. Yeah. All uh, right. U- utility belt. Um, cheers, guys. And before we go, just um, quick, uh, we're Shanko and I sending our best to uh, Michael Fatialofa, who's um, mm. hope we understand improving slowly in hospital after his neck injury playing for Worcester so we send him all the best yeah and also I meant to mention this when I was watching the RAS in uh, Munster game I had to turn over and watch the last 15 minutes later on in the day because um, it was Rob Burrow's testimonial oh, yeah. um, cool. now Jamie Jones Buchanan it's his testimonial year and it sort of donated this game to Rob Burrow who's who's now we found out very recently it's got MND and it was just I'd gone I was watching it, um, and he's coming off the. He's coming on the pitch. The legends had turned up to play. Um, there was Keith Senior. Um, there was Jamie Peacock. There was loads littered with legends playing, and they're probably going, there, yeah. properly going full on as well. It wasn't like a a normal testimonial game where you know you get touched, you fall yeah. down. This was this was carnage, and just seeing Rob Burrow coming on to play one last game. Five it was, minutes in the end, wasn't it? I'd gone, mate. Oh. I'd gone. Um, just to see his face and and what he's going through, it's you know to to raise awareness. And I, I know he'll speak to Doddy Weir, and he has spoken to Doddy Weir a lot on this. But it was it was it was horror. It was a great thing to do, but I just feel for the guy so much. Uh, it was great to watch it, and a huge, massive amount of support for him. Yeah, it was just wonderful. Mm. Well done, rugby league. All right, mate. Right, cheers, guys. Bye bye. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.